All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Welcome to Footwork. 100 episodes, here we are. Wow. One hundred, more than a hundred, but yeah, I think uh, we've all the Premier League ones, all those ones, a lot of the ones that we've done. I think we int- when we introduced guests a lot more, we started to count those and then have our fun elsewhere. But this is unofficially, officially the the hundredth episode. That's right. And it's been how long to up to this point? It's been two two and a half years since we two first started. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean. Um, just looking at some of the numbers again, past 25,000, YouTube, all these things together must be, you know, it's it's really amazing to see where it's come to this point. And I think we have all of you guys to thank for that. And so, yeah, today, I mean, a little, just a little to give back, I guess. Just, just mash, to, mashed it up. I have a little, a few clips from, or a clip from each guest episode. Yep. Varying from 30 seconds to two minutes, two and a half minutes. Try to keep it as Short as possible, but allowing them to, you know, share the goods from, from each episode. Yeah, I think, I think really just we wanted to showcase each one, say thank you to the guests. Um, we could have picked a million parts from each of their episodes, but yeah, we tried to pick one we liked, you know, one we thought you would like, and really just celebrate uh, how far footwork has come, where we continue to go. So I guess without further ado, this is the 100th episode featuring every single guest we've ever had. So 48 guests. We won't mention them now, but you'll hear their names, what episodes they are. And again, thank you to them. Thank you to you guys. And here it is. Hope you enjoy. And up first, we have episode 10, the player coach with Jamal Liz Simmons. I think the ability to communicate, you know, is really a huge piece of leadership because while I may have the same kind of the same goal for everyone on the team, the same, everyone has the same goal and everyone has kind of the same, the same approach of where we're trying to get to. Sometimes I have to, or leaders have to be able to, to send that message differently. You know, I might be able to talk to you, Dylan differently than I may have to relay a message to you, Sean. So that's been, I think something that, that I've noticed that good leaders do is that they're able to give the same message, um, but in a little bit different way, depending on who their audience is that they're talking to. Um, and honestly, it's been, it's been the thing that it's been the challenge. One of my biggest challenges challenges in coaching is trying to take some of the leadership aspects that I think that I do well and trying to, trying to, uh, portray those onto my captains and onto my leaders. Up next, we have episode 28, be your own agent with Pat Sullivan. Yeah, like didn't know what to do. And like the transfer window was like closed, like USL rosters were frozen. So it was like, and then I just kind of, I signed my release and I just, I messaged the Michigan Stars on Instagram. Again, I get lucky and they, they give me their number. I call them and the guy, the owner's like, well, can you come tomorrow? And I remember it was like at like nine o'clock at night and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like I'm not doing anything. <laughs> like I'm so, waiting to go somewhere. So at nine o'clock, you you go from Philly to Michigan. No, so I I pack. I we have a meeting with the Fury the next day, and like they try to convince me to stay because like they're gonna fix everything, blah blah blah. And I'm like, honestly, man, like I need to go play. Like 
I was like, see ya. I literally met with them at like 10 in the morning and I drove, went home, finished packing. I left my house there at noon and I got to Michigan at like 1130 at night. Wow. (laughs) Here we have episode 23, banter with coach Ian Byrne. I've always believed, you know, the locker room doesn't belong to me. You know, the you'll get some coaches that dominate a locker room. And for me, the locker room has to control the team. And the locker room is run by the, you know, the alpha males, the leaders, the captains, the, you know, whoever those people may be. Um, and if you have that right in the locker room, it just cuts off 90% of any frustration or aggravation you're going to get in your team. And um, it starts with having the right people in there. And, you know, you know, you come in as a young player and, you know, you follow, you learn from the older players and you, you realize how it's done. You buy in. And then a couple of years down the line, you're that person that's leading the younger ones. Yeah. And it becomes a conveyor belt, doesn't it? The culture mm-hmm. just keeps going. Yeah. And you can, you can ruin it by bringing in a couple of the wrong types. So you, that's where recruitment is huge. You know, not just the type of player, but mm-hmm. the right personalities. Here's episode 30, the footballing nomad with Akil Pompey, where he talks about his time in El Salvador. I mean, playing in an environment where, like, people just appreciate the game and stuff, it just makes you feel much more, like, valued as a footballer, you know. So, mm. you know, like, they would take it, they would take losses serious, you know, especially yeah. to, like, rival teams. Like, I remember once, one time we lost and, like, the police had to come on the field to get us off. The, the Damn. <laughs> Upset. It was that type of like environment over there though. So I mean in parts of the world people take football serious, man. So and yeah, I was fortunate enough to like experience something like that and it was it was it was good, you know, it was a surreal experience. Next we have episode forty one. Make your own coaching path with Dino Sipson. You know, I've had conversations with the FA and it's very, very competitive. To get onto the UEFA Pro license, there's only 18 spaces per year. Wow. There's only one course run a year. Um, so it's and I even I even I even got to the last stage two years ago. I got to the uh, the last 40 for the uh, the Pro License Application Centre, and I walked in the room and I'm up against John Terry. You know, uh, and you know you've, you wow. you're looking around the room thinking <laughs> I'm I'm the only non-playing ex-professional in the room and. And unfortunately, I didn't make that make the last 18 for that particular course. But the experience gained, and just having the ability to, to speak to people like John Terry and right. and others that was was a, was a huge experience. So yeah, I would say you can't saturate yourself with enough football. You know, you've got to be fanatical about it if you want to get to that. And that's the same for a player. You guys will know as players as well. You know, if you if you don't do the right things and you don't you don't make yourself fanatical about your playing career, you know, you're only going to get to a certain level. And I'm a yeah. firm believer in the adage, if you, if you always do what you've always done, then you'll always get what you've always got, you know. Here we have episode 45. Let's start a soccer club with Dennis Crowley and Dan Hoffe of Stockade FC. Like Foursquare, the app was about like getting people together to have good times at bars and restaurants and physical spaces. Like, How do you, how do you use technology to bring people together? And that's kind of what Stockade is. Like Stockade is just like, yeah, yeah there, there's guys running around the, on the field scoring goals and we're playing in this league. Right. But it's like, you're bringing the community together. You're bringing yeah. a thousand people from the community that may not know each other, right? bringing them together to like cheer on the squad, cheer on the community. And, and that's, that's really what it is. 
And so when I talk to other entrepreneurs outside of, um, uh, you know, people doing soccer stuff, it gets them to focus. Like, listen, it's not just about the 90 minutes on the field. It's about the, like, how do you create an environment where, where, you know, fans want to come because this is the most fun that they can have in a two hour spin, right. On the weekend. It is too. They want to bring their family. They want to bring their kids, right. That's like a, it's it's just a different way of of thinking about it, but it's an important way of thinking about it. Here we have episode 48, Life on the Road with Evan Nadanner. The biggest thing I would say is like, don't take things for granted. Like it's so dumb, but like, the, we talked about having your head in the, the next place. I always just had my head early on in the next place. And what changed that was really bad injuries. Like when I broke my ankle and I missed a whole year, you realize like, and I didn't even know what I could do next. You're like, shit, like maybe I should really appreciate this. Last thing with Altona, when I got the, it's called Schambein syndrome or osteitis pubis, like you now playing, like you appreciate it. You appreciate where you are, where you were. Back then, like when I was 20, I was just like trying to get to the hottest place instead of like, let me try to like do this the right way. Cause we, I was just a New York hothead at that point. Just like, let me, let me, I think I have a talent, you know, people kind of tell me I'm good. Let me take it instead of like, okay, let me do step by step by step. Cause mm. the only thing like, I, if you do it the right way, it'll work. There is no answer. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like if you do do it the right way and you go step by step slowly, when you get out of college, you can make it up there. And here's episode 58, a picture is worth a thousand words with Rich Gordon. Compare myself, like, you know, comparisons, because when you're an athlete, you're always com- uh, um, competitive and com- with competi- competitive nature comes comparison, right? You're always like mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. next, like, okay, who's doing this, who's doing this, then you're trying to like, well, he's the same age as me, or he's the same height as me, or he plays the same position as me, right? Like, and and whose stats are better? And so, you know, subconsciously, I started doing that with like my friends and looking at their lives and being like, man, they got house, family, kids, and you know, and like doing this thing and like, like this is not where I was supposed to be at this point, you know, like there's a little in the plan, and 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 so I had to like break through that mindset and mm. and just just like kind of put my head down and, and go back to grind, grind, the grind that had, had gotten me to the point where I was. Jumping right along, here's episode 61, Never Give Up with Francis Anwuzu. At, at the moment, I can laugh about it. It was hard for me the whole time, but no, I can laugh about it. I, I, I'm, I'm happy that um, everything happens to me this way because it made me who I am, you know? I'm sure. proud of my mm-hmm. story. I swear, I'm proud of it. And yeah, I think if that's not happened like it, like this, and uh, maybe I go pro like from Wolfsburg, a uh, uh, direct pro, you know, oh my God, I'll have too much money, fame and everything. I, I will not concentrate on football in this time. So it's better this way. Mm. Next is episode 64, The Grind with Sarah Uceal. She talks about her time in Senegal see the, the the context in which they're they're playing but the intensity and the, the the love that they they have and the passion that they have that they don't you know they don't they don't care where they play it's just as a board as a group we had practice every day mm-hmm. every day of the week like sometimes they give us off on sunday but it was every day of the week they're not getting paid for it um yeah i just found something there i i 
some of them didn't speak French, but we still bonded on just because there was a ball mm-hmm. and just because we, we know how to give a pass or score a goal. Like it, it was, it was incredible. It felt like going back to basics. Mm-hmm. We tend to forget as, as you go get higher in, 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 in the level, I guess, as you mm-hmm. get more professional, we tend to forget those basics which are the group, which are sharing, sharing something together. Um, and I think, yeah, I got back to those, those basics. Here we have episode 68, Keeping It Simple with Sean Nealis. Yeah, I think uh, if you want to succeed, you're going to have to overcome pressure at some point. And I think uh, those failures kind of helped me become the player I am. I, I've learned from it. I even, even, minuscule failures like not being in the right position at the right time you kind of if you study it in film enough and and go over it and ask ask coaches for help you'll get better in that route and I think as we stated earlier if you just kind of put your head down and work the the results will come from themselves and just have confidence in your ability that it will it will be right but be open to learning be open to asking for help from coaches and I think I've done that and I think I'll continue to do that because uh, it will only help my game. This is episode 71. There's a place for you with Fabian Lewis. That's something else I would advise young players. Like, you know, don't, not because you see your friend got picked to be in the MLS draft means it's the end of the world for you. Don't worry, there's, there's, there's a place for you you just have to go and look for it. But there's a place for you, I promise you. Once you once you are true to the game, you're loyal to the game. And when I mean loyal to the game and true to the game, I mean you're paying your, your, your dues, you're training every day, you're humble, you're hunting. You will find a place to play, without a doubt. Without a doubt. There's many, many leagues, many, many countries, many teams, but you have to be, you have to be that type of personality that I'll eventually get it. I'm not, I'm not giving up. I'll eventually get it. Next up, episode 73, The Balancing Act with Nate Steinwasher. I think the biggest thing is stepping out of your comfort zone, but at the same time, like taking, taking a risk and taking a chance on yourself, like gamble on yourself a little bit because mm-hmm. only you know what you're capable of, really. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of what anyone anyone else tells you like only you know and it it takes stepping out of your comfort zone and and getting to the point of like no return to realize like what your potential could be Mm -hmm. I think me the biggest thing the biggest example of that for me would have been like my move to Sweden like we talked about expectations versus realities like that that all set aside like I think just being in the environment and like day in day out working on my craft I think that's definitely like I'll say it again like that's the only reason to this day I'm still playing because I because I know what it takes and I know what I've put into this game and what I've put into like just my growth as a person like it yeah so I think the biggest thing step out of your comfort zone because you know you you don't know what you're capable of and until there's no you know there's no return and here from episode 77 hungry for more with David Rowley. Football can change really quickly and, and you never know where you're going to end up. I give the, the, the case um, 
of Andrew Nabu. You might not have heard him. He's an Australian Australian footballer. He was playing in the second division of Malaysia. And his team was doing really well, but he got released after six months. I don't know why. Maybe something to do with the management. But he was considering quitting. He went back home to Australia. He managed to sign like an injury spot in the A-League, the first division. Mm. Um, players got injured. He started playing. He scored goals. He signed another year started scoring a lot of goals. And then uh, Japanese team, Uruwa Red Diamond, signed him up in the J-League. And then that year, the World Cup was starting. Um, and he got called up for the Australian national team. And just That's crazy. Two years, two years prior, he wanted to quit football. Here we have episode 79, Homecoming with Kylie Strom. Obviously, everybody knew I made a mistake. I just want to put my hand up. Um, but the coaching staff like made it a point to show one clip. So like after that happened, um, there was another play where I just like chased down a girl for like 50 yards. And they're like, that's like, that's, it's okay. Like that's the reaction mm-hmm. we want. Mm-hmm. So it's just, everybody makes mistakes. Like yeah. honestly, when I watch like the Premier League and stuff, it this might sound like stuff, but like it makes me so happy when I see these men like making millions and millions of dollars. Oh, me too, hundred percent. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, if they can make a mistake, like I can make a mistake, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like as long as you 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 have to accept it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be like secure enough for yourself. You have to like be the first one to put your hand up because when when you don't do that and you start blaming others, like that's just gonna mm-hmm. that's just not gonna be good. So like just accept it, own it. And like, be in charge of your reaction. This one is from episode eighty-one, kicking it with Keeg, season two with Jake Keegan. Because because at Binghamton, that was the first guy like ever drafted. So people, when people in American sports, when they think you're drafted, you're like, oh my god, you you got drafted. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're a pro now, which is right. not not just the reality of the situation. So I just kind of felt like I was almost like a fraud because I. I was a pro or people thought I was something that I'm not. I was just, just, uh, I mean, but it was, I mean, all this stuff, it's like, these are good moments, not, not yeah. good moments in the, in the time, but the good moments to learn. And if you can be mentally strong enough to get past them and learn from them, then they're all good. This one is from episode 85 winners mentality with Janice Kamen. Yeah. I think it's important because if everything would just go easy, then you don't really get a, a feel for it and you maybe mm-hmm. don't appreciate everything as much. And um, yeah, my path for the moment has been, uh, yeah, not always the easiest path that I chose, but I'm very happy with every decision I took. And I think everything is um, step-by-step making me better as a player, but also more opener as a, as a person. And um, yeah, I'm very happy what um, football gave me throughout the years and now from episode 86 this is game face with renowned sports psychologist dan abrams i'll give you an example of a game face and this is a player a very famous player and if if you think of the world's top 20 players this player would probably come in the world's top 20 he he played in the champions league a few seasons ago uh, just the champions league final and in that going into that final rather than thinking um, got to win, got to win, got to win, got to perform, got to perform, got to perform. Want to do everything great. Want to be man of the match. Don't want to let my teammates down. Don't want to let myself down. Rather than having these kind of 
thoughts, this kind of narrative. He was thinking, my job on the pitch is to be relentless and dominant. I'm going to be relentless and dominant nonstop. Nothing and no one takes me away from relentless and dominant. I'm going to get up and down the pitch, relentless and dominant. If my cross goes into row Z, relentless and dominant. If I miss a chance to score, relentless and dominant. If we go a goal down, relentless and dominant. If we go a goal up, relentless and dominant. I'm going to be relentless and dominant nonstop. And nothing and no one takes me away from relentless and dominant. Nothing and no one. Every action, every responsibility executed in the style of relentless and dominant. Relentless and dominant is this player's game face. I'm going to stick to my game face no matter what. I'm going to say it, be it, do it, act it. If there's a camera on me, I'm going to show that camera relentless and dominant with every action, every movement, every run, every responsibility. And next we have episode 88, The Pursuit with Jojo Richardson. I definitely agree that there are a lot of positives of being by yourself. When I was younger, I used to hate it. I wanted to always be around friends and stimulus all the time. But I've really found a solace kind of being alone at times. Mm. Uh, just you're able to think about kind of your life. You're able to just be alone with your thoughts and kind of understand what you're going through yourself. And then just make decisions from there. And I've really enjoyed going to just a coffee shop by myself, for example, bringing a book, reading it, staying there for maybe two hours, three hours of the day and just relaxing, which is something before if I was in America, I would never go eat lunch by myself. I would hate that. I would feel so weird. Next is episode 90, The Town Project with Mark Dillon. It, uh, there's no difference in talent between Americans and Germans or Americans and Brazilians. Or, there's no difference whatsoever. It's the environment. And so we, if we can all agree that we come from a less developed environment, but we have the same level of talent and we can bring these players into the, the into that and give them the same advantages, bring them into that same sort of environment. When these kids are hungry, they start to narrow that gap pretty quick. Three or four months later, all of a sudden, you see a completely different player. Hmm. And that's the transformation that we're trying to prove that is possible for American players. Give them the necessary, feed them the right uh, information, feed them the right environment, and watch what happens with American kids. It's really exciting. From episode 92, Unknown Territory, this is Chinielu Asher. And sometimes when you're playing like the, the big teams, like you forget like why why you're worthy to be on the field sometimes in trainings like or if you're your national team is competitive if your club is competitive or you know you're you know there a big game can sometimes make you question like are you good enough to be in the big game are you good mm -hmm. enough to start are you good enough to come in from the bench and and play against you know i don't know crystal dunn or anyone that's like the top you know so i think and it looks different for everyone but i think whatever you can do to remind yourself that like you're a baller and like you're here for a reason and you know it's for these qualities that you're here and these are the qualities that you that you're capable of showing on the field like that's what you need to tap into so watch your mm -hmm. highlight video you know mm -hmm. before you get on the bus or um you know write down a list of like things that make you a good player and make it really specific you know um or you know, talk to someone or like my, you know, my dad always calls me whether I like it or not, but <laughs> every conversation, it's a reminder that like, oh, you know, like I'm a baller. And from the Make My Own Path series, Sweden, this is me, Dylan Williams. You know, these things happen. There's very, there's a lot of unpredictabilities in this game. Mm -hmm. And 
it was it was tough to swallow some of the things, but a lot of the things made me stronger and helped me to adapt in ways that I didn't know that I would have to. You know, when I set out on this plan to be a professional footballer, I did not think I would have to endure some of the things I did. But I'm glad I did because right. each time I did, it was just another notch. It was a notch on the totem pole where I was growing stronger as a person, first and foremost. I was also enjoying a lot of things. I was meeting new people and just experiencing the world in other places, which was like such an eye opener for me. Just learning the ways of how football was and how people were outside of the U.S. and out of that bubble that I was in. You know, because you go abroad and you go on vacation and stuff. But like, for me, I learned so much from people from these experiences. And, you know, I made some brothers along the way and some people that I'm still super close with, stay in touch with. And it was super hard to get through some of those things. But it was like, it just, it was, I was stronger to go through some of the things that I went through in Germany when I first got here. When a lot, right. I think a lot of people would, hang up the boots. A lot of people would right. say, okay, this isn't for me, but in the end, you know, it was, it was for me. It just, it took a different, different turn. That's right. all. Next we have episode 96, hardest worker in the room with Matt Mahoney. It is all about the journey. And so if you stop or if you stop and think about it, like sometimes you think, wow, like look at where I am right now from all the hard work, even though you want to be at a higher level, you know, you always have to be thankful about where you are and how you got here and, and things like that. So I think people that focus on the end all the time, maybe are missing a lot of the parts in the middle. So as we get older, if you were to ask me to set the same question five years ago, I probably would have said something else because now I have different experience and perspectives from playing um, for my six years now. So I think it's just being able to have an open mind and kind of always trying to learn and just enjoy the process. Otherwise, you know, you'll blink and we'll be 35 years old and be done playing, you know? And this is episode 98, Finding a Balance with Mile Corbos. I loved the praise. I really, like, in Holland, we had a lot of fans, and I loved the praise. The beginning, like, first half of the season was crazy. And, but as soon as you love the praise, <laughs> you value the, the hate. Um, and that's... Almost equally, that's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so you have to be careful uh, what you listen to. Because mm -hmm. it'll go one day, it'll turn and it'll be negative. And mm -hmm. you have to deal with that. And you can't have it one way or the other. You either have it all or, or not at all. Um, either you can deal with the praise and the, the, the hate, or uh, you just kind of shut off to those things. And I know for me, I'd rather just not read any of it. Up next, we have episode 21, The Skate Kitchen with Rochelle Vinberg. And um, what is, what is the, the meaning behind that name? So the meeting actually comes from when I was 11, 12, when I used to skate with um, my neighbors and we would just kind of mess around with like the idea of having a skate shop and what we'd call it. And I remember I said I'd call it the skate kitchen because I used to watch, I learned how to skate on YouTube actually. That's where I learned. Oh wow, okay. Um, because I'd like look up how to do stuff. And I just noticed, um, like I would also look up girl skateboarders just to try to connect to something. Mm -hmm. And I noticed in the comments, it'd always be like, oh, this girl should be in the kitchen. And all those snarky that overused um, comments. So then I, I kind of was like, oh, it'd be really funny if I just called the skate shop the skate kitchen. And that, that's how the name like actually came about. But then uh, when I was 17, yeah, when I was 17, I, I started skating with this one girl, Nina. Well, I was 15, but I 
kind of moved to the city when I was 17 and met all the other girls. And uh, we wanted to make an Instagram. And uh, I was like, why don't we just name it The Skate Kitchen? And they liked it. That's how it really came about. It wasn't really like, it was just, we didn't have any other name. So yeah. Next is from episode 22, The Persistence with Kim DeCesar. When I was healthy at PSV, I was found myself talking to one of the men's coaches and I'm just pretty social. And he was like, yeah, I just got into the U S with my family for three weeks. And I'm like, Oh, like, that's awesome. He coached the U 19s and was a little bit with the first team. And I'm like, Oh, like, like, what's your name? And he's like, Oh, Van Nistelrooy. And I was like, Oh, like, I was like, awesome. Like, where did you play? Like, did you play? Where did you play? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I played at Real and just United and then here at PSV. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, what's your name? <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. Like, whatever. I go and tell my team. They're like, you're a dumbass. Like, you didn't know who he was. I'm like, no, I didn't know. Like, He probably I'm, loved that, though. Like, he yeah. probably loved that you probably weren't, the like, first fan person ever. Oh, this this is, like, the budding of a great friendship. This one is from episode 32, The Road Less Traveled with Chris Schroeder, a.k.a. Jacqueline. I think you do have to be in the right place as well. Like right. I can't imagine if I had got in 10 years ago uh, when I first applied and sat the entrance exam, I don't know what sort of person I would have been back then. Uh, and I don't know where I would have been now. I'm eternally grateful for the experience that I had as a result, um, especially, you know, doing, doing, you know, wanting to get into med back then was kind of like, you know, a bit of a fledgling of an idea. But having lived in Africa and lived in Asia and and really not just experienced those places, but really like uh, immersed myself in it, it's it's given it's given me a proper. You know, I I feel sorry for for some of these young guys who are you know they want to do med, they kind of have a bit of an idea, but. I really know what I want to do after I've done this. I'm, I'm on the path. So I'm very, very grateful that I've had the experiences uh, that, have, that are pushing me. That just, I, I can keep reminding myself, I do have a goal at the end. It's not like, why am I doing this? This is mm-hmm. difficult. You know, I do have something to remind myself with. And I think that is a gift in itself. Next, we have a clip from episode 42 with Joe Fonicillo and the search for undiscovered talent. I think that's the main thing is being okay by being alone and being okay by struggling. And I learned to do that. And I, you know, I just married to the game. It's kind of like, you know, those songs they say, you know, the rap songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's true. Like I was just married to the game and this is what I want. I didn't feel alone. So I had that ball and I was gonna, everything was with that ball, you know? And I think a lot mm-hmm. of guys, don't like to be uncomfortable. And I think all those years prepped me for now. I mean, I moved my whole life to another country. I had an amazing life back home with a business that was thriving. And I was like, this doesn't make me happy. I want to do what makes me happy. And I think that's what success is, is really chasing what you love. And you're going to be alone on that journey. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think they want that, but when it actually happens, they're like, shit. The next one is from episode 44, Lessons from Military Service with Nick Vinberg. And then when you start going into military, there's so many different aspects. And now you're meeting people, especially when I got to King's Point, you're meeting people who are not like you, who are not athletes. And so now it's like, how do you relate to them and lead them? And so 
you kind of, you just have to, there's obviously a goal in mind and then you just have to relate to every single type of person you meet. You can't just, you can't be closed-minded to just like, oh, I'm only going to hang out with the athletes or I'm only going to, no, learn about the guy. My roommate, freshman year, he was homeschooled from Wisconsin, homeschooled his entire life, never played a sport in his life, painted soldiers every single day. And you have to learn how to talk with him, how to lead him and get him motivated to do something. How do you get a guy who's never run a mile to run a mile and like push himself to run that mile? Like that's, that's the best part about, and that's why the opportunity I was given at King's Point I was lucky for, because you meet all sorts of people as, as similar as they are to you, because they serve, like they signed up for the service Academy. They're really, they're really very different than Mm. every, no person was the same. Here we have a clip from episode 52, Continue Your Mission with Michael Fulton. Slow down. I would tell myself, slow down. Uh, you have nothing to prove to nobody. I think that was a big thing. The first thing I would tell them, you have nothing to prove to anyone here. You don't have to fight 12 people. You don't have to be hard. Slow down. Figure out what you really want in life. Make a plan seek mentorship and do it and then from there the biggest lesson i learned um i would tell them if you're not feeling these things then you're not moving in the right direction if you don't feel discomfort if you don't feel fear if you don't feel a tad bit of pain that means you're moving in the wrong direction but when you start feeling one of those that means you're moving in the right direction this next one is from episode 60 true commitment with rick fit I think the number one thing is, is really like, if you want to do something and you, 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 you know, you, you talk about these goals and, and you, you tell people about the goals, but the most important thing is yourself. You know, you gotta, if you really want something bad, you gotta look yourself in the mirror and actually ask yourself and you have to commit, like you have to commit not for, for one month, for you know, six months, not for two years, three years, you got to give a good commitment, you know, and obviously you got to be realistic. Like if, if you don't, if you want to be a pro player, but you, you know, you're not sure if you have the ability, you got to be realistic with that, but you got to look yourself in the mirror and, and dedicate, because like I said, in the beginning, like there's going to be so many ups and downs. It's like, you know, one if you hit an obstacle, you can't, you can't just throw in the towel because there's going to be so many more of those. Like once you commit, you got to fully commit. Mm-hmm. And that word is, is loose. It's a loosely thrown around word, but true commitment is true commitment. And the true commitment is, is, is to yourself. You got to look yourself in the mirror and, and, and ask yourself, am I willing to make all these sacrifices? You know, what our journey, we've been willing to miss holidays with our family. We've been willing to miss weddings of our good friends of family, birthday parties, all, all those celebrations. It's, 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 you know, we've talked about all the great things of of what we've done, but you know, like we said, the, the low, it comes with lows. Like it's hard to have a relationship um, with, with a girlfriend. It's, it's, you know, friendships are hard you know especially with teammates you're in your one year here and then you're there it's hard to mm-hmm. keep in contact there's so many different things but if you're if you really really do love the game and you're willing to commit to this you got to commit 
and you can't just you know, write it on social media or tell your parents. It's you versus you. It's in between your own ears. So once you commit to it, you got to be all in. It's all about being all in. Up next is from episode 63, More to Life with Morten Knudsen. Of course, the, the part with the language was, was difficult. And also, when you get to a club like Inter, they have maybe one or two players in every year, which goes on to the, to the first team. So everybody is trying to get you down because there's only one spot. Mm-hmm. So there's no oh, friends, there's no, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, how to say, nice feelings in the in the dressing rooms. Okay. So that was a big part. And I always played because I, I like to be around the boys. And now suddenly that part wasn't, wasn't a, a part of the Italian culture. So uh, that was difficult, of course. Next is from episode 74, The Comeback Kid with Abdel Majid Bouali. Even just a little further back into um, growing up in the Netherlands and in Amsterdam specifically, what is that uh, football culture like growing up? I mean, you hear a lot from coming from America about, you know, playing street football, playing futsal, things like this. So what was your experience growing up uh, in a city like Amsterdam and the, and the culture of football there? I had very luck, honestly, what I'm going to say you right now, that I grew up in Amsterdam because Amsterdam, you have everything all the uh, the in- ingredients to 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 be a professional because everyone plays football on the street everyone until the day of now uh, you you can make friends to play everyday football on the streets they make uh, they make uh, small pitches on on the streets in Amsterdam so you can play there that's the that's the most important thing i think to uh, to have as football player to have the street in you because with that who that makes you until the day of now you can make friends uh you you fell on the on the on the hard ground you have bleed you have to stand up you have to show yourself because you can't be shy for your friends and this kind of stuff this is very nice it's also everyone play football you can learn from everyone uh everyone want to beat you and yeah you have to beat each other otherwise you don't be the best this next one is from episode 70 not by accident with matt lawrence i had a very similar experience at, uh, with crystal palace as well on the last day of the season we had to go up to sheffield wednesday play at their ground away at hillsborough which is a massive ground in front of you know thirty-five thousand of their fans maybe a thousand of our fans and we needed, I think we needed a draw to stay up to send Sheffield Wednesday down. So it was, uh, again, uh, we've been through 46 games of the season. Um, it was a season where we had been in contention for promotion, but our club went into administration. So if you go into administration wow. as a football club, you get minus 10 points. So we all mm-hmm. of a sudden, we got moved from the playoffs to the relegation zone um, and the highs and lows of that season to again come down to one 90-minute game was uh, phenomenal. And, and again, you should never really celebrate, you know, the, the worst yeah. kind of success, but it, but it felt like that. And again, a lot of it was taken out of our hands. So we went up there and we, and we drew and we celebrated on the pitch. Then 
20,000 Sheffield Wednesday fans came on the pitch and we were then forced to run off the pitch. Um, and I remember the last man of our starting lineup, poor old Clint Hill. I, I was playing right back or right centre half, so I was quite near the uh, quite near the dugout and the tunnel. So the minute I heard the whistle, I sprinted off, knowing what was coming. And, and um, he was playing left back, so he was right over the far side. So he had the width of the pitch, to, and he didn't quite make it. And he came back into the dressing room, and I will never forget it. In a pair of tighty whities one boot, one sock, and completely naked, with like red marks, welts over his body. He said he'd had to fight, actually, oh physically fight, fight his way off the dressing room. He'd, lo he'd lost his shirt, lost his shorts, lost a boot and a sock in the process, made his way back to the dressing room. And I've never seen anybody, not only elated to have made it, but just pure relation on his face. Firstly, because he'd fought off a number of Sheffield Wednesday fans, but also because he'd made it back to, you know, the sanctuary of the dressing room. The next clip is from episode 76, Keep the Faith with Aaron Yenny. Yeah, it was a special night for sure. I think we all came out just guns a-blazing and we had been in a camp that whole week and they our coaches and staff had prepared us for like battle and we were just so hyped and ready and then to get to go and have such a good performance as the first game and how much attention that that brought to women's football um a lot of people in turkey like didn't know that women played football i think honestly like when we would walk around in our fenerbahce stuff people on the street would be like, oh, you know, because there's Fenerbahce women's volleyball, there's women's basketball, there's other sports. They'd be like, you know, basket, basket, or like volleyball, volleyball. And then our manager would be like, oh, football, women's football. And like the look on people's faces sometimes was like, why do they look so surprised? Or like, why do they look so shocked? So I think just having a result like that, um, not only just for the Fenerbahce family, but for, for women's football or for football, fans in Turkey it was a huge statement um and I think got a lot of attention and it was a really good thing overall for for women's football next we have episode 78 from D3 to Bundesliga with Ryan Malone you know was lucky enough to have a trial with them and uh, I performed well enough to, to earn a contract with Rostock so that was a again like I said before there's a lot of highs and lows in football and in the life of football and uh you know you learn from the lows and you, you enjoy the highs I had gotten, I had I had the the week trial because they were in training camp and I went went to them with, for training camp. And originally I had asked, I had spoken with the coach and it was, uh, I was going to be just going just to kind of train and stay fit. Um, but then I performed so well that they ended up, uh, they ended up saying, okay, you know, we're really happy with you. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in contact for the next week and see, you know, see what comes. And then, you know, I wasn't getting any phone calls, nothing with that. And so I was like, okay, you know, maybe it's not going to work. And so I ended up uh, going on and going, not going on trial, but I was going in training with other teams um, just around just to stay fit and kind of see what was coming. And I was, I was still waiting for something to come in the third league. I was going to wait basically until the end of the transfer transfer period is like as long as I possibly could. Um, and then, yeah, that phone call was from my agent and it was the club saying that they were, they, they were going to sign me. And I was just like, I have, I, I, I like, I can, feel the emotions that I went through. And it was just like, oh, I, I was actually sitting on my, on my patio outside and 
my wife and I were sitting on the couch. My daughter was just kind of like running around or something like this. And I remember getting a call and I looked at Kate, I looked at Kate, my wife, and I was like, it's, it's, it's Philip, you know, it's my agent. And so I went inside and she started recording. I had no idea she was recording and yes. she started recording. And so I got the phone call and, and my agent just goes, pack your bags. You're going to Rostock. And I <laughs> just was like, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. And I just like, I was, I, I like, I, I feel like I was like, like I was floating. Like, you know what I mean? It was just like one of the craziest feelings in the world. So I was like, holy crap. Like, Rostock just got promoted. They're in the second Bundesliga. league. It was just like everything, all the info of like, you know, where I was about to be just kind of flowed right in. And I was just like, oh, I was just overwhelmed with like emotion and stuff like that. Next, we have a clip from episode 80, Delusional Success with Hussein Alahi. I have a quote of my own and I'm, and I'm, and I'm wanting to release it on, on the podcast. So this is a quote. <laughs> this is exclusive. Yeah. I, I, I Googled it. It does not exist. Um, Hell yeah. You should trademark this right uh, away. Yeah, they really do have to. It's uh, hard work makes you, consistency keeps you, and ego breaks you. Love it. Yeah. And that's just something that I've come to realize. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, no matter from where you are or or what level or whatever at some point some sort of hard work made you get there um whether that's you know people always say smart work but it's hard work to do smart work because it's very mm. it's it's easy to 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 train 10 hours a day and just go out there but it's hard to be smart and say no i'm gonna only train an hour and a half you know so mm -hmm. that's my reason for the term hard work um consistency because that's what it's all about as you guys know you know, um, and then ego, ego can be like the biggest, be the biggest killer. level, you know? Yeah, 100%. Love that. I love that. This clip is from episode 82, Rise and Shine with Jay Demerit. And then there was that friendly against Watford where things started to really uh, spiral into your direction. Tell us about that. When is that opportunity piece? You, you know, the, the, the shitty parts and the parts where no one's around, you know, those are the ones that no one really cares about. And, and, and you know, it's part of the process. But it's these opportunities that will that will find themselves too when you are doing the work, when you are putting yourself out there, when you are getting feedback and, and, and understanding that the next day is better and you are getting the third division trials now from the ninth division. And I come in fit, I'm ready. And again, as, as time and parameters say that, Watford puts out their first team, thankfully. If I would have been playing against the reserves, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Um, but they put out their first team. I was playing against really good forwards, uh, an English international named Bruce Dyer and an, an, an Icelandic international named Heider Helgeson. And so there I am, ninth division player, playing against these first division guys. And the coach didn't have any money to buy any new players. They were looking for a younger center back because they had three old, older experienced center backs in front of me. And it was exactly what I needed. And that's where this time risk meets opportunity now you got a new pillar to stand on is real. It really, really is real. And all of those parameters had to be exactly at the right time for that opportunity to actually make the most of it. And, and, and I think that's what happened. And I think that uh, I was ready for it. I was fit. I was prepared. I just had two third division tryouts. So I knew what it was like to play against good players. And um, I was ready. I was ready for it. And, and I'd worked enough of my game to, to be ready for those moments. And sure enough, you get asked. And now you got to do the hard part. Now you got to go play at Watford training ground and impress them for real. Next, we have episode 83, Best Intentions with Aiden Curran. Well, I still just maintained doing what I was doing, being consistent. And that was the thing as well. Just being consistent with the, like the content. And, you know, even if it was, in my opinion, even at the beginning, like I used to get like 
two likes on a post but i didn't care really because like as long as you're putting it out there and if two people got benefit from it then you know mm. that's that's the main thing so I, I just kind of continued on that way and it it led to what it is now i suppose and since i came to the states then it developed into more like the in-person one-on-one and small group coaching um so i like post content from sessions that i'll do with players and things like that so so yeah it's grown slowly it's been four years now i guess um but again it was just step by step and just building it based on what i want to do with it and what kind of uh, direction i want to take it and kind of uh instilling my my values i guess on a lot of the players that i work with and just trying to think from my perspective of when i was that age and what i would have looked for and you know if i had someone like that to kind of guide me and, and help me train and in the correct way as such to, to get me to where i want to be so i try and think of it that way and i think that keeps me on the right path definitely next we have episode 84 make your own legend with roland benedict of legend soccer company and legend legend started the idea how we settled on it it was something he had always thought of but you both of you dylan sean you guys have your own legend you have developed a legend right it's going to be your story that you leave to your kids to your family brothers sisters parents you've created your own legend everyone has that everyone starts you're the you're the main character of your own legend and your own story and we wanted people to understand that. And through our products, they last. They're built to last. Our shin guards, when you get them, they're customized. They last. You can hand them down to your kids. You can hand them off to a friend or a family member and let them play. So that's where it came from. But we make high-performance, sustainable products and innovate on uh, the industry that has, we feel, stagnated a little bit and gotten into a cycle of bright colors and cheaper materials and higher cost. Up next is a clip from episode 87, From Germany to Kentucky, with Nick Gutmann. If you don't really love what you do and you don't make your own life path, this everything else doesn't really matter because you're not fully satisfied. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I always lived like this. So um, I made that decision to go to the US and many people said, yeah, man, you're too old, you're 25. And you go to college and these players, they're all like two, three years younger than me. And I listened to that and I was like, damn, maybe, maybe I'm too old for that. Or maybe, you know, I can do it. But then it was like, for me, it was like the perfect decision and, or the perfect scenario. So I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I don't care what other people say. I will just, I'm just going to do it because it's the right thing for me, for, uh, like for this time. And like I said, everybody has everybody has their own their own way how life goes. So mm. it doesn't really matter what other people say because it's your life path, life path, and not theirs. Next, we have episode ninety-one: Two Foosball Bridges with Max Mansfield. So, what has been taking your focus right now? What is your passion right now, and what does it look like? Yeah, so I, I, I'm currently running uh, two programs. Um, the one is domestic uh, in the States. It's called Two Bridges Football Club. Um, and that's a nonprofit. It seeks to help inner city soccer players um, get academic help, uh, obviously soccer training and leadership development. Uh, and it's purely donation based. So mm-hmm. there's no you know, financial barrier for these guys to play. Um, so that's what I've been working on in America. And then in Germany, I still have Fußball Project, which, you know, has, has detoured and made 
a lot of stops along the way as to what our mission is. And, and, and right now what gets me excited about is just helping young, um, young American players get abroad to Germany in, in the right fit. That's really what we've been, you know, made our bread and butter. Um, so those two things have really been, been chewing up my time and getting me, getting me excited. And with, and with two bridges, what kind of led you to this decision? What made you see, okay, there is this issue and, you know, me along with other people can be ones that can help rectify it and help uh, players, you know, who, who have those barriers to the game. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, growing up in New York city, uh, you know, you get such a, such a melting pot of players in different cultures. And I saw players that maybe didn't get the same opportunities I did that were maybe better players. Right. And, and, it, it led me to understand that, uh, you know, talent is distributed equally, but opportunity is not, uh, especially in America. So I think just seeing that, you know, a, a small incremental uh, change or, or support for some of these inner city players can lead to monumental differences in their life, right? And it doesn't always need to be college. It, it could be as simply as, you know, playing football, getting your coaching license, maybe going to Europe, um, or even as simple as if you left the program that, you know, I need to show up places on time. I need to shake people in the hand, you know, look them in the eye. And like those kind of little caveats, I think make a world of difference for, for a young man that doesn't have much direction. This next one is from episode 89, a new challenge with Johan from Kniebel. Can you just describe a little bit more into that process? Because I'm sure there's so many people who feel the same way where they mm. move to a new team or a new country and, you know, it's, a, it's not clicking at first. So mm. what kind of advice or techniques kind of helped you gain form and gain your confidence back? Yeah, I feel like for me, it was just a matter of time because I knew I have the abilities to, to play and what also helped me I talked a lot to my coaches because obviously I kind of felt bad because they thought they're getting like a, like a good player and then I didn't star. I mean <laughs> no I wasn't I wasn't gonna say star but um they're getting a good player and I was like I mean I didn't play com like complete disaster but I knew I could do better and I know that they know I can do better so I talked a lot to them and they were like, it's completely natural. Like we saw that so many times, like international guys coming in, especially the guys who are doing the MBA program, um, which is really exhausting. And so I was, um, I was just going step by step back and try to do the easy things. And um, then of course, um, when, I, when I had good games that helped me like finding my, finding my rhythm. This one is from episode 94, Just Do It with Arnold Suev. I just went back to the basics, you know. I just started to do the extra work. I just started to do simple exercises. Let's say someone would just pass me the ball and I would shoot from five to six meters and put the ball inside the net just to get that feeling of scoring again, you know. Just easy, easy drills where you score, where you score, where you get that confidence back. And I, I would, I find myself um, like every time I'm struggling with something, I just go back to work. I just do what I'm not good at at the moment, and that's where, where I believe you get your confidence. Then you know, mm. obviously, 
like I said, in training, doing it in training without people judging you, without people uh, like yelling or whatever, it's always easier. But first you do it there. And then in the game, I just try to switch off everything around me. You know, just stay, stay in the zone. I started to meditate. Actually, one thing maybe, I started to meditate before the games. Every time you walk on the field in Thailand, they play the national anthem of Thailand. The team is going probably, uh, they play for a minute or so, okay? They, they honor the, the king there. Everyone has to get up, you know, they show an image of the king and then everyone is just standing up, listening to that anthem. That's the time where I close my eyes and I just tell myself some, some positive things, you know, like I, I pray first of all for a safe game. So, I mean, so, so for, for in, in no, no injuries for myself, for my teammates, for, for the opponent. And then I just repeat certain things to myself. It's not always the same. It, it changes, you know, but I mm -hmm. just, th that way I'm in the zone. Yeah. When I started to do that, I, I don't know. I felt like what was the noise that was coming from outside, it couldn't affect me anymore. This next one is from way back. Episode number one, The Break. So more forward from Sean. Um, because listen to this. Because we were always losing, they so would, would put me up at top for the last 10 minutes and I always scored. Headers or just... Header, uh, headers, rebounds, crosses. Just sheer fucking wanting it more. Sometimes just getting played through running bands and scoring. Just... I mean, I did play forward when I was just, younger. Just being the jock. Until probably 15. But yeah, just getting after it. Just getting after it. Just bullying these little Mongols. Mongols. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say that? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> this next one is from episode 99. Nothing to prove with Dylan Nealis. What are some of the biggest things you've learned since being in the league? This is now your, your third season. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a, could go anywhere with that question. Um, <laughs> I think just, just being confident, you know, because, like I said, you know, there's everyone's super talented. Um, there's kind of, you know, the only difference in, in some guys is, you know, is, is minuscule or very different. Um, so, um Playing with confidence is huge. You know, some guys go in that slump, like we talked about earlier, could, and that slump could really affect them. Um, but I think if if your confidence and, and maybe a slight arrogance, you know, feeling good about yourself, you know, not being cocky and stuff like that, but I think you need to have that arrogance in you a little bit where you could show it at sometimes because, you know, I think that's what, what will get you out of those slumps um, is, you know, telling yourself, all right, yeah, I belong here. I can, I can take two guys on at once and, you know, and, and find a nice pass or, or finish. Um, but yeah, I, I think biggest thing is confidence because um, a lot of talented players here, there's, there's guys that are going to beat you. You know, I get, I get beat some days being as a defender, um, you know, but not to let it affect you too much and just kind of move on to the next play and stuff like that. Up next, we have episode 97, the rebuild with Johnny Campbell. I was there. So in Thailand, it's a bit weird because they have to trust you and like me signing without them seeing me, they didn't trust me. So like I came in there and I was like coming in as a sub. So I was on the bench as a foreign player and just coming in as a sub. And like, they started to trust me more and more. They gave me a, they gave me a game in the league cup to start. And um, I 
scored a goal that got called back because of a foul or something for us. So if they just played like kept playing on, I would have scored like a beautiful goal, but they didn't play on. So it got called back. Um, and then so after that, they started trusting me more and I started getting more time as a striker. But our team was I signed like the the there was already like three or four games played already. So I signed after the season had started and our team was doing so bad. I think we were in there's 14 teams in the league. We were in 13th place. And after six games, um, I told the the boss because he he started to open up more to me and like me more the more they saw me play. And I was like, listen, like change me to center back. That's my main position. That's the professional position I played in the U.S. And let's see like how we do. And as soon as they did that, I think it was our seventh game of the season then. Uh, I think we won two or three zero, kept kept our first, I think it was the first clean sheet of the season. And then that's when it all changed. I just stayed center back the rest of the season. And we went from 13th place. I think we finished that year at like sixth or seventh. So like mid table. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. And it ultimately set up my Southeast Asia career. So there it is, 48 guests, including Sean and I. I mean, going back to the first episode with Kylie, the most recent one with Dylan Nealis. I mean, there's so many gems, so many ones that I want to go back to and listen. I think there was quite a few that are, are underrated, in my opinion. And maybe the numbers for those episodes don't reflect, but... Um, tell us who your favorite is, which, which, which favorite guest, favorite moment. Uh, hopefully Sean and I, you know, cracked the top 10 about our make my own path episodes were, yeah. were, were good too. But yeah, I mean, I can't believe we've had 48 guests that took a, that was a tedious task to get all those together. But yeah, I mean, amazing to them again. And yeah, tell us who your favorite was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it actually gave me, uh, yeah, interest to go back and re-listen to some of these episodes going mm -hmm. through them because uh, yeah, just so much, so much wisdom, lots of laughs, especially <laughs> in the beginning in ones. The beginning <laughs> ones about me playing forward in Mongolia. <laughs> yeah, you go back to those. Uh, yeah, back in, back to when we were rubbing shoulders, recording this, you know, way back March twenty twenty, and, uh, <laughs> and to to come full circle, we're rubbing we shoulders again. again. <laughs> yeah, you know, recording this last outro after we've we've put these together and again I uh, don't want to sound like a broken record here but we want to say thank you to you guys because we feel like this is a community that we're building and, and we feel the love when you guys reach out to us whether that's you know just telling us you like the episode or you know you liked how far we've come or even those that just you know seek out and ask questions advice we love to give back to the game because it's given a lot to us and um yeah, I think we're going to continue to do that. I think footwork is just getting started, as we said. I think 2022 has been a massive year for us in terms of guests and growth. And I, I really see only more to come. So if you're hearing this, there's there's more to come. We thank you for, for sticking around this long. Uh, all these guests, all these episodes, 100 officially or unofficially officially 100th episode. Yeah. Um, and here's to 100 more at least. Yeah, exactly. And continue with the free support. Subscribe, subscribe on YouTube, share it, follow. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Pass, plug. Yeah. Any reviews, podcasts, Apple Podcasts, yeah. Make sure uh, you go watch Sean's dance videos on TikTok. Like we say, those are popping off these days. Yeah. And yeah, just thanks. So until next time. Keep moving forward. Keep learning. And make your own path.
Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands that make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine (laughs) 